0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. Special guests and off topics in this segment, anything goes, you're listening to 3pm. Welcome to 3pm with the 3am podcast. Heyo. My name's DJ.
2: My name's Charlie, and with us today we have Michael. Michael.
3: <laughs> Sorry, interrupted you. Welcome, King. No, you're totally fine. Uh, this is my first time meeting Michael.
2: Yeah. So remember when I was in Oregon? I was in Black Butte. Yeah. And I was staying in a cabin. Yeah. So I was with my wife's cousin's family. Mm-hmm. So her aunt and uncle. Yeah. And all their kids. Yeah. And one night we're all hanging out. I don't know. We just had dinner. We're sitting at the dinner table. I don't know how it came up, but someone's like, "Like, hey, don't you do a scary
3: story podcast? Dude, it's crazy how those <laughs> things just happen.
2: And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, tell us a scary story. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, I don't think you want me to ruin your night, you know? And then slowly after a lot of peer pressure, and I made them consent like 62 times. I was like, "Are you sure you want to hear?" And they're like, "Yeah, please, please." So like, okay, I tell some scary stories. Good fun. I think I scared some of them. It was fun. Uh, but Michael's there because Michael's dating my cousin Maddie. Shout out Maddie, Shout who's out to here Maddie. with us. Thank you, yeah. Matt. Um. Anyway, so Michael's there. He's listening so politely. He's like <laughs> being nice and laughing at my jokes, etc. But then he's like, "Hey, I I have a couple stories." And he shares them. And right when I heard them and right when I saw him tell them, I was like, all right, I want to get him on to come tell him. So that's why Michael's here today.
3: Dude, I can already feel it. Thank
2: you. Yeah, dude, Just I'm the excited. charismatic
3: energy. <laughs> it's here. So friendly. So nice. Can't wait to hear it, dude.
0: Dude, I'm excited. man.
3: Uh, tell us about yourself.
0: So uh I served my mission. I just barely got back from my LDS mission. Uh, and I served in Atlanta, Georgia. Gang gang. Um which is uh, you know it's kind of creepy even when you say that. It's, it's a creepy place. But um loved it and uh loved the people and uh you know I just it, it was a, it was an amazing uplifting experience. Uh I got back and now I'm in school right now. Uh, I'm just doing some school and working. So uh dating Maddie, it's all good. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah.
3: Uh, where are you from?
0: Um, so I was born here in Utah, uh, born in Murray, um, and then moved down to uh, Dallas, Texas for a while um, and then ended up coming back. So then we, uh, my family came back and settled down over in Mill Creek, Utah. So Dope. That's where I went to high school and stuff.
3: Um, how long were you in Texas for?
0: In Texas for seven years. So like how old were you? I was like five from five years old to we moved back when I was 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. So nice. A I have child. family in Dallas. Oh, did you really? Yeah.
3: Did you spend time in Fort Worth at all?
0: Yeah. So I was like in Keller. It's like a little suburb, like right outside of Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, maybe like 20, 30 minutes out. Cool. It's near Dallas. Yeah. Have you
3: been to, uh, the stockyards?
0: uh like in fort worth yeah in fort worth yeah 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 we would yeah. visit them yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah when
3: i i've only been there once and when i visited them they took me to the stockyards oh, okay and the stockyards what the hell is, is that stockyards <laughs> is like old west but i, I don't know how, how do you put is that it
0: yeah no 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 it's it's very like it's got that cowboy vibe so yeah. it's like west world yeah yeah but like still yeah <laughs> but still but, but now
3: yeah but now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah all these like cool like novelty shops and oh, yeah. like the best barbecue i've ever Ooh, had and, yeah uh they have like little i'm not skits how would you say it like every hour where it's like, like play like plays or yeah in the middle of like reenactments yeah reenactments oh, in the yeah. middle of the road where they like do like a cowboy standoff like shoot off and yeah yeah it's always, crazy yeah, it's super fun yeah
2: it's good that yeah. kind of sounds like jackson hole you know how they do that
3: yeah yeah it's that's cool
2: yeah fun times absolutely.
3: awesome
0: yeah man. dude that's it yeah I and you're at school where i uh, saw so like community college cool yeah CC.
3: good for you
2: man
0: all right uh
2: michael's not ready for this question what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you oh
0: man well dang do i even tell this dude is it censored or <laughs> <laughs> right? just be no yeah this will go out and at least 20 people will hear it so <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So I'll, I'll try and, I'll try and keep it uh short. This is pretty funny. So on my mission, um, I, you know, we were poor. I mean, dirt, dirt poor. We did like 160 per month. So we do like 40 bucks a week. So, and we would shop on Mondays and on Mondays, we it'd roll around the third Monday and, you know, we were going out to eat and stuff like that. We'd have no money. Like I'd have like 10 bucks, you know, or whatever. So we're really hungry, running low on stuff on, in the fridge and I'm like, dang, it's Tuesday. We didn't even go shopping on Monday. And I'm like, I got to have something to eat. So we went to Walmart real quick and uh, I bought um like three boxes of cereal. And when I was down the cereal aisle, I like, I saw the Raisin brand and I was like, dang, like I haven't had that since childhood. You know, like it's kind of, it was kind of calling my name. So I bought three boxes of it. Well, I ended, We ended up coming back to the apartment and I had like I mean, I haven't eaten, right? I didn't have too much, so I had like three or four bowls of that stuff, and that's bran, so like that's fiber, straight grains, straight grain. So, anyways, we like leave to go. Um, we go out and just like knock on doors and try and teach people, right? So, all of a sudden, I get this uncontrollable. Like when I say uncontrollable, I mean uncontrollable gas. Like, and it's I can't. I have nothing to do about it. And my my companion, you know, you're you're with a companion. His head's out the window because it's so bad. Like he has to as he's driving. <laughs> Um, to where we needed to go. And he's like, do you need to, do you need to go, bro? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I need to go. And so we, you know, we go to the church, which was was on our way to where we were going. And I go in there and like, nothing happens. Like it was just gas. And so I was like, dang, like (laughs) this is is so weird. Yeah, (laughs) I'm feeling it, but it's like not. And so anyways, like we ended up leaving on like false alarm. And it got to the point again where it came back, but this time it was 10 times even worse. And uh, so I ended up telling him, I was like, dude, I don't know what else I'm gonna do. Pull over right now. Like I, it's either in the car or it's like out. And Georgia, is like there's a ton of foresty areas, but we were in like, you know, houses on the sides of both sides of the road. And so I was like, I'm just gonna to have to go mid house down in deep in the forest. I ended up having to go back there, and you know, there's no toilet paper back there. There's no nothing. And when I when I came back, this is the most embarrassing part. Is when I came back up from finishing doing my business, there was a giant banana spider. And if you ever seen a banana spire before, it's like huge, and they're all over. And I didn't see it when I first came because I I was bending down. So when I came back up, it was right there. Oh no! And I took a step back right into what I had just your dookie. Oh. So I came back, no toilet paper. So I was like walking like a penguin. Um, back to the car, and uh, with a shoe that had been completely just soiled. Soiled. <laughs> that had to probably <laughs> been my most embarrassing moment for sure. Beautiful. I'm so, glad it
3: was just you in the woods, though.
0: Just me in the woods, yeah. and my companion, you know.
3: Yeah, if you step in a pile of poop in the woods. You guys are like the only nobody woods, hears it. <laughs> then, did, did it that actually happen? happen? Yeah, so. Um, yeah. This, we're two for two on uh, poop stories. Yeah, I know. <laughs> for, we, we told poop stories last weekend. I don't it know was how wild well. it went,
2: but. <laughs> I know, I'm almost sorry for our listeners sometimes. Like, sorry, y'all. Happens, uh, but man. for those listening, so LDS, Mormon, whatever you want to call them, men when they turn 19 around that age, they have the option to go out and serve what they call a mission. And so it's like a service mission. You've heard about it before from other churches. Pretty similar.
3: You've seen the play. Yeah, you've seen I've book more musical
2: super factual. Also <laughs> check out South park for <laughs> any of your Mormon, uh, uh, knowledge yep. <laughs> so, education. So they go out for two years. That's 24 months. I don't know how I did it. And you get called to a random place. You don't really get a lot of input. For instance, I went and served in Australia, DJ served in the Philippines, and you're supposed to shed your old life completely, forget everything, and throw yourself 100% into the work. And in doing that, I think it creates a crazy environment where you're meeting people, you're in and out of people's homes you don't know, and you're talking about some of the most intense subjects known to man, which is like, God, why we're here, what we're doing, good, evil, struggle, sin. And so you're like, it does feel like you're in a battleground in a way. I don't know. Would you say a little bit?
3: Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. At least like the world that you were thrown into and you kind of create during those two years, like your reality is just a spiritual, like war almost like just trying to like, it doesn't even have to be preaching to people all the time. It's, it could be something simple as most of the time. Yeah. Like a, a service project, you know? Yeah. Um, because Australia is
2: godless, so no one was trying to hear that. <laughs> so I was just mowing lawns all yeah. day, every day. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, a lot of missionaries out there, there's a lot of weird ones. I'm not going to lie. But there's a lot of just normal dudes who are doing their – normal guys and girls, sorry, who are just doing their best at, like, what they think is right. You know what I'm saying? And But anyway, so Michael just got back from that. And usually what happens is along the way, you meet interesting people, you see – unexplainable things, and there's a just a wealth of like stories that come from people's missions.
3: Did you feel out of place in Atlanta at all? Like how, how did the culture differ there from when you grew up or was it pretty easy to?
0: Um, no, i def- I definitely say like the second I stepped off of the airplane in Georgia, it was a huge shock. I mean because there's just no white – I mean there's, there's a lot of white people down there, but it's pre- predominantly like – of other races you know and it's it, it was the best thing in the world i loved it i love throwing myself into like you know meeting different people learning about their religions learning about their ways of life it was yeah. unreal yeah, yeah but
3: immediately it sounds like like you're already in an environment where you're out of place you're a fish out of water you stick out like a sore thumb especially when you know missionaries wear the, the white shirt and tie and yeah hot and humid and, absolutely yeah, yeah. And you're
0: crapping in the woods, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Eating raisin bran by the <laughs> yeah.
0: bowl Meeting weird people as you're here in just a minute.
2: Yo, before we go <laughs> on, I might cut this. I know. <laughs> we know someone. Okay, so Utah, straight up, I'll be honest, predominantly white. And a lot of people here who are from here who've never left here don't really interact with people of other races and cultures. No knock, whatever. So we know someone who grew up here. And we went to their wedding you weren't there
3: (laughs) bro i I wish i was
2: i know so do i um and in the wedding first of all the parents were talking about this girl like she was dying like almost in the past tense you know Mm. she was the best girl growing up we just she was so good and kind and glue of our family it's like she's sitting right there like what the hell this is so weird (laughs) um But they talked about the biggest struggle in her entire life was when they moved to Georgia really, and she had to get on that bus with people who had different skin color than her. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) that's a struggle to be around different colored people. I was so like, I was at the table like so, I'm like the darkest person in the room. Yeah. And I'm white ish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm part Japanese. Uh, whatever. So I was like flabbergasted. Me and my whole table were sitting there like, what the fuck are they saying? <laughs> like, what is going on right now? And it was the biggest struggle in her life that she had to be on the bus with different colored people. And I was like, Whoa, this is wild. I, like, I couldn't imagine Yeah, that's like. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah, that's no. terrible. <laughs> but I don't know why I said that. It just made me think of that. But so you're now a, a missionary in this foreign place and and meeting new people, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you had to describe like a little bit about Georgia, its culture, I don't know. What would you say?
0: Uh, I, I mean, I would say like in the, it, it kind of depends on where you serve, like what area you're put into. When I first got there, I went into a very old town, actually Madison, Georgia, if you want to look it up. Very, um. Is it rural? Is it like very, metropolis? R- very rural. And a lot of like the houses that you see are like, you, it's kind of like you see co- very colonial, like you oh. see it out of a movie. Yeah, mm. um, Big like, what do you call those? Columns in the front of the houses, you know? They're like on stilts or, or um, plantation looking house? Plantation looking houses, Whoa. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's got, it definitely has like that. It's cool, but it's also creepy, you know? Like it's, yeah. it was very- It's got a vibe. It was weird, yeah. So it's perfect for this, you know? like So that was the first area. And I would say that that was probably like, where all the weird stuff happened for me as far as like, you know, it go, cause then when I, after that, I moved to a more suburban area that closer to Atlanta. And that was more normal for me. I mean, I just had like people pull guns on me and people, you know, do things that I would kind of expect out of a city, but <laughs> definitely the, my first area in Madison, Georgia was, was uh, the best, I, I would say. It Sweet. was my favorite area.
2: Yeah. So before we jump into your stories from your mission, You actually had an experience before you went out. Yeah, this is here
0: in Utah. This is. Go ahead and tell DJ that story. This is this (laughs) is weird. It's still I can't even explain it.
3: At this point, you know you're leaving for Atlanta, or Um, you're just preparing to serve a mission, and
0: this is actually junior year of high school. So this is throwing it back a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, Yeah, and I told Charlie this because I tell I tell a lot of people this, and you know, for me, I feel like. Well, not not like a lunatic, but just like I feel so weird because it's just so unexplainable. Anyways,
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet uh, go ahead and visit BetterHelp.com/slash3am, and you can get ten percent off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot slash 3 am
1: Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Paul Brandis introducing my podcast Countdown to Dallas. It's a fascinating, in-depth look at the seemingly unconnected events that led to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. It's based on my book of the same title, And I'll unpack the conspiracy theories, too, not one of which has ever been conclusively proven. Subscribe to Countdown to Dallas at evergreenpodcasts.com or your favorite listening app, October 31st. Throwing it back to
0: junior year, I was on the basketball team at my local high school. And uh, after practice, practices were so intense, I would have to come back and take a bath. Like if anybody like is into recovery, like Epsom salt really does a trick. Like you just pour Epsom salt in a hot bath and you just lay in it for a minute and you, your muscles really like get back to where they need to be. And I would just like catch I would uh, hop on the road after school, grab a bag of ice from 7-Eleven and I would do an Epsom salt bath and then an ice bath. And, um, I'll kind of just describe like how my house is, um, how it's kind of situated. When you walk in the front door, it's split. So it's a split level house. So like on the left, it's like you go upstairs and on the right, you go downstairs. And after like a normal day of school, I come home late. So I have three younger siblings. And my sister, who was a freshman at the time, was also at basketball practice. So she was not really ever home. When I got home, she still had some stuff going on. But my younger brother and sister would normally be downstairs playing you know whatever it was video games board games you know just doing their thing and anyways so that was just kind of the normal I get home and oh and i'll also mention my dad is also at work he works you know till five o'clock so he's not there it's just my mom me and my two younger siblings um and when I walked in I get home and I hear video games like my brother's playing video games and I'm like okay you know like he's he's down there didn't really think too much of it just I can just remember that he was down there. Don't really know where my little sister was at the time, but it doesn't matter. I go upstairs, I talk to my, my mom for a little bit, and then I let her know that I like really was like tired, exhausted, and I was going to take some just take a you know, just go do my normal thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh so I I go in there and I have my phone. So I have my phone with me. I'm so glad that I did cuz then I wouldn't this would be kind of a weird story cuz you'll see later but I go in there with my phone and I shut the door and uh the way my house is it's it's almost like cardboard like you can hear everything it's is like the this was before we have, we remodeled it now yeah but you could hear everything like when I tell you like we have wood um wood floorboards and so every creak the door hinges creaked the air conditioning, like when it turned off, it was like deathly quiet in there. Hmm. And so that's what kind of makes it so scary because I'm in there. And uh, it's I like no privacy. Yeah, no privacy. And the crazy thing is, too, is like I didn't really even ask my mom if she was going to leave. I didn't ask whatever anybody was doing. You just did your thing. I was just kind of doing my thing. I was in my own little world. And uh, so I go in there. I'm, I'm on my first bath. And all of a sudden, like it just gets really quiet. I can hear very vividly, like the downstairs video games. It's almost like it's on a repeat of like, you know, like he he had just stopped and went and done something or whatever. But I I remember it like vividly. And then I also remember like, all of a sudden I heard like the floorboards and I, I lived there for, we had lived there for four or five years already. So I knew what it sounded like. And all of a sudden I just kind of hear these like slow creaks on the floorboard. And I'm just like, Kind of weirded out all of a sudden. I just kind of get this feeling like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? Cause it almost, it was so deathly quiet that like I thought someone was playing a joke on me. So I yell, not like in a terror or anything, but I yell my brother's name to try and like, like, Jacob, yo, like stop messing around, that type of thing. No answer. And at that point, and I think I yelled it one more time. I was like, Jacob, you know, like, what, like, what are you doing? You know, stop. And, uh, no answer again. And I text my mom and I'm like, mom, like, are you out there? Like, where, where are you at? And she's like, no, we left. I was like, what do you mean you left? And she was like, yeah, we went to the library. And I was like, well, is Jacob home? She's like, no, there's nobody home. Like, we're, we're like texting this back and forth because I didn't want to call because I wanted to stop talking. Like, cause I, I just didn't want, you Alarm
2: know, bells are going off, Just are like, be quiet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm just kind of like doing this text back and forth with my mom and I was like, did you lock the doors? And she's like, no. And she's like, are you okay? She, cause she doesn't know what's happening at this point. I'm just asking your questions. And both of the doors were unlocked. Nobody's home. And I, I kid you not, like the second that we had kind of like sent those text messages, I just hear this pop like on the door, on the bathroom door somebody like something took their fist and slammed it against the door. I know it it scared the living daylights out of me. I, I literally like lost all of my emotion. Like I was emotionless because I knew that somebody was in my house and like it was an intruder or whatever. I didn't know what to do. I'm in there like naked, you know, (laughs) completely.
3: That's the opposite of me. I would have been emotional.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, pretty much what had happened is, is after the bang, you know, I'm like sitting there and I'm super scared. And then I'm literally hearing sounds of something outside of the door. Like I'm still hearing some, you know, creaks on the floorboard and I'm still hearing um, the right, right across from the bathroom door is an, um, our office. And that door creaked all the time. And I'm hearing that door creak back and forth. And then I told Charlie when I was telling him, I even saw the, the door handle. Like, like somebody was trying to get in to the bathroom. Yeah. Did you, what did you do? You just watched it. So I just, I was watching it and I was like trying to stay as still as I could. It wasn't that I like had this, you know, flight to get up and like go and try and fight whatever was out there. I just kind of felt like I was in, like it wasn't real, you know, so I was just sitting there. And then finally I kind of got the guts to stand up out of the water, you know, and at least put a towel on and just kind of, you know, go out there. Um, and that that was right when I heard the garage door start to open. So, you know, right around that time was when my dad was coming home from work. Hmm. So the first thing that went through my mind, I hadn't opened the door yet. I was still kind of trying to get the guys to do it. I had gotten out of the tub. I'm like, crap, like dad is coming in. And if there's somebody in the house, like, you know, they're going to have a run. And so... I finally just get the guts. Like I tried to time it as he was coming up the stairs to like somehow like go and get in a fight with whoever was in there. Yeah. I go out and nothing was there. Like literally nothing you can ask. I, I swear on my whole life.
2: So you just come running out in a towel and your dad's like,
0: uh, are you okay. He was looking at me like I was a lunatic, like I had said before. And I was like, dad, you will not believe me, but there was something in the house. There was literally somebody trying to get into the bathroom. There's nobody home. And he believed like he he wasn't like thinking that I was crazy or anything. He's like, well, heck, like, let's, let's go try and like, you know, did he run out? What what's going on? Like he was kind of getting scared himself. And I kind of I, I go check the doors. I threw on some clothes real quick. I ran around the neighborhood and nothing, dude. Like to this day, I still don't know what was in my house. Damn, that's wild. That was the only time something like that ever happened. Yeah,
3: just once. You're truly vulnerable, it's true just
2: naked in an salt bath.
3: I feel like because if you have like a, a haunted house and like you have all these different things happening, like at least you can chalk it up to like, oh yeah, a We're ghost, haunted. a ghost lives here or something. You know, it's like, yeah. but, but the one off, the one off is like zero closure. Like,
0: yeah, I just, no answer to this day, and uh you know, I mean, I, I think we I when mean, we have a dog and everything. Um, And there will be sometimes where she'll bark, you know, at things for no reason or, you know, like, you know, just act all spooked all of a sudden for no reason. And so, I mean, my house could be haunted. I have no idea. Do you have an attic? We do have an attic. Do you have a cellar? No cellar, but just like one of those pull down attics that we put some stuff up there. What if the person never left? (laughs) I'll say this, we've never even, like, we haven't been up there since. Oh my gosh. You have
2: someone living (laughs) up there. They saw your mom leave and they're like, okay, now's my chance to go get food.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, and the only explanation that I could have had was somebody saw my mom leave. Mm. And so they could have, they could have saw that as an opportunity to just go, you know, and just like take what they could. But the fact, thinking that the house was empty, but. Right, I mean, just like, but the fact that I got out and in that span of time of my dad getting, you know, in and whatever, and nothing is there or around.
2: Nothing was taken either, nothing stolen? Nothing
0: was taken. Um, there was a computer in the office that they could I grabbed. felt that they went into. They could have just grabbed it and left, but they didn't take it. It was almost like they were trying to get to me. Whoa. That's the scary part of it. <sighs> could you, okay, so you're, you're lying in your bath.
2: Everything's normal. Yeah. Everything's your routine. Can you remember the moment? when it wasn't normal, like what was that like? And what did you feel?
0: It was the second that everything seemed to go deathly quiet. And then I heard unexplainable, very gingerly footsteps walking down the hallway towards the bathroom.
2: Do you think that was instinct or do you think that was almost like inspiration? That was like, yo, you need to pay attention
0: right now. Uh, I I would honestly just say like, probably like inspiration, honestly, like I, I wasn't really paying attention. I think I was on my phone. Yeah, and it just—I I might have even been watching a YouTube video—and it—it literally just caught my attention. That's so crazy. And then for for the next five minutes, I was creeped out. You know, for the rest of my till now, you know, <laughs> I still don't know what. I'll I,
3: tell you one thing. It's uh, never mind. I'm not gonna say. It. No, <laughs> sorry. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna tell you anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Nothing. Check your check your attic, dude. Check your attic.
2: My yes. theory is someone was living up there, and they were like, "Ooh, it's time to eat." Oh my Michael's God. not home from <laughs> basketball yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, but dude, fun story.
3: Yeah, um, you know what I saw today? What? Who I saw today? Oh no! The there's, ninja, the ninja, dude. <laughs> okay, there's this blind man. Uh-huh. Who I swear is following me. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I For the see last like him. five years. Yeah. No. I see him everywhere. And it's all because I insulted him once. <laughs> this is me making up the whole thing in, in mind. your mind. Yeah. But like I I saw him today and I, I was at work and I'm looking outside and I just see a figure come out in front where there's like a window, a door and the window to the shop. And he walks past the window slowly. He like turns his head and he looks inside where I am. <gasps> and he keeps Well, walking. he doesn't really look inside, but. I don't know. Maybe he does. <laughs> but he's just a blind dude. And yeah. I literally
2: wrote down in my notes today. Blind Asian dude update. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know if you'd seen him.
3: Yeah. I saw him today, dude. <laughs> it's crazy. You know what's the craziest part about that too? Huh? Is he wears a camo jacket. <gasps> Whoa. So I don't know if anyone else sees him, but
2: <laughs> maybe you're the only one who sees this dude.
3: <laughs> I gotta go pee.
2: Okay, we'll pause. All right, that that was a fun one. So that was just a little taste of like. Would you say that was your first paranormal or just weird experience? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Cool. That I can say in a story like that for sure. Yep.
2: Cool. So sure. then you go on. A, you get called to Georgia. Yep. You get out there, and you have these
0: other experiences. Yeah oh yeah and you hear about you hear about like things that don't even happen to you but all around the mission you hear about them all the time too
2: if you didn't ever serve a mission you don't even know Mormons or whatever storytelling is a huge part of like missionary life oh yeah so you get there and there's a legacy of missionaries before you and you hear about elder so and so who did this and saw that so storytelling's huge on the mission mm-hmm. and so you, you do hear things about where you're from oh, yeah. or where you're at
0: they just get passed down scary stuff <laughs> very so let's hear it okay so uh this this one happened to me personally and this was kind of as i mentioned earlier in uh, madison georgia and uh just go look at pictures y'all it's, it's pretty creepy like even just looking at a lot lots of just like fields of nothing lots of cattle and just like the oldest houses you'll ever see anyways um me and my companion when we first when I first got to the area like as a brand new missionary you don't really know what you're doing you know and you have a lot of confusion as far as how to teach people and what to do and we just didn't really have a lot going on we didn't have a lot of people to teach and so my companion like we we worked at a food bank um not like work work but we just uh, provided service at a food bank locally and he's like okay next time we work at the food bank like I'm just gonna ask random people like if we can teach them and the people that went to a food bank were like sketch sketch people like they were people that you know didn't really have like a lot of uh, they just didn't really have a lot of guidance um, a lot of them were on drugs a lot of them were maybe you know dealing with some paranormal stuff as we'll find out later
2: and maybe mental illness and things like that a lot For, of mental illness and before we go forward like not knocking down on anyone who's struggling with drugs or anyone who's you know, not in the best circumstances. Absolutely happens. Some of us have been there. Some of us know people, family members have been there, but what happened
0: happened. Yeah. And this is your experience. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, that's life. Um, and so we are just there obviously to help and do what we could to support these people. And, uh, anyways, we meet this lady. I didn't meet her for the first time. My companion did. He ran up to her and she claimed to have already been a member, um, of our church. And, uh, acted like she knew the missionaries and everything. And she was really excited to have us visit her. She gave us her um, phone number and her contact information, her address. And she's like, come. Uh, And it was scheduled in like a few days. So my companion and I were very excited. It was like first person we get to kind of teach. And uh, we ended up like driving up there. And what what are we going to call her? um, I'll just say her name is, uh, let's just say Carrie. Her name is Carrie. Okay. And we go up to Carrie's house and it was actually a bigger house. But when we pulled up, there was two men that were in the front. Um, actually, like in Georgia, they what they do is they collect um, all the pecans that fall out of the trees hmm. and they'll make like, you know, they'll sell them for money. Yeah, And uh, pretty much what had happened is, is like she was living in this house probably just like for a time. She saw, it was almost like she was on the run, not like from like law enforcement, but just kind of. Popping from house to house type of thing. And uh, so it wasn't her house. And we had to ask these men if she was there. And so we're like, hey, man, um, is, is Carrie here? And uh, they they went up and she was in there and they, she came out. And my companion was like, because these guys were a little bit rough as well. They looked like, I was scared. I, like You could I, get handled. <laughs> I was like an, a new missionary and I was like shaking in my boots, man. I was just didn't even know what to do. So my companion, he's a bigger dude. And he's like, just go in. he." Of course, he's like, just talk to these guys while I talk to Carrie. <laughs> 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 and just get a little small talk going. And so uh, that's what I did. I just tried. I, I, I mainly just listened to what was going on in their life. They loved talking. So it worked out well. But the interesting part was, is when I got back, I didn't even talk to Carrie. We just got back in the car and left. She seemed very distraught. Uh, like she was in a really bad situation and she was kind of asking for help almost. Um, and so we kind of, kind of went home and brainstormed on like what we were going to do. We, we let, we let our local bishop know pretty early that we had found her as a missionary. You, that's kind of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to kind of like, you'll have these council meetings where you'll talk about the persons that are the people, excuse me, that you're teaching. And, um, But anyways, they just kind of like, oh, maybe we'll we'll maybe go visit her, but just keep teaching her and hopefully she'll come to church. And so we set up another lesson. He'd set up another lesson with her and maybe a day or two before that, we get a call from Carrie in complete like screaming, like like bloody murder. And it took me off guard because I was the one that answered the phone. And uh, she was saying, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I don't know what to do please like come help me. So she was, she was calling us to come and save the day. This is her nine one one. Is like, this is her 911. I need help. Um, and so I'm on the phone with her and my first reaction is, or my first thing that I told her was Carrie, you need to call nine one one. But she just kept on telling me, no, like I can't do that. And at the time it didn't really make sense to me why she wouldn't call nine one one for help. But now it does because it's, she was in a situation where, like, obviously she could not pay the medical bills, or she wouldn't be able to. And I think the situation that she was in, people would get arrested, have her in trouble, nah. and, and them, um, the people that she was living with. So she didn't want to create bad, you know, vibes there where she was at. So she just wanted us to come. But man, like we called the we called the bishop, and the bishop told us like, you can't. Like that's too dangerous of a situation for a missionary. That's not something that you should get into. So you know, the contact just dropped like at the end of that phone conversation, we're like, Carrie, there's really nothing we can do and just end it. And, um, about two hours later, she called back again. Hmm. And this time she was, her, her mood had completely changed. She went from like that crazy. It was almost like the world was ending on the other, on the other end of the line to now like, hi guys. Like, how are you? You know, that type of thing. It was really creepy to even hear. And she was, she was like, I know that like, I'm so sorry. I I think I'm going to be okay. You know, really just kind of like trying to calm herself down almost. Uh. And she's like, I do need a place to stay. You know, that type of thing, just in that voice and like trying to ask us if, if she could stay. And so I, as a new missionary, was like super compassionate at the time. So I was like, you know what? Like, we'll, we'll try, we'll try and figure that out. But we told her beforehand, like we would need to go like talk to the Bishop and whatever and figure that out. And they're like, you know, we, we want to make sure you're okay. So like, why don't you just come to like the next day, the following day, we were having a meeting at the church. It wasn't Sunday. Like, why don't you just come and we'll, you know, read the scriptures together, you know, and we can talk and maybe the Bishop will be there and you can meet him, whatever. So she said, okay. And so we go to the, and this is where, this is where it gets weird for me. It's where she, she, she came to the church and we're in, it's a book of Mormon reading class. And, uh, we were in sitting in a circle and I was very like, I just kind of had my eyes on her. Like I, not in a weird way, <laughs> but like <laughs> I was like kind of scared that she was even, she was even there. And as we're reading, the weirdest part about this is nobody else saw what I saw. Like I asked my companion afterwards, like, did you see that? And he's like, no bro, that's so weird. And I'm, I, I asked people after that, Well, what happened was is she was, somebody was reading and she had her book like this and I look at her and she slowly puts down the book and her head like drops back like this and her eyes roll back in her head and she starts like chanting something into the sky. Not like loud enough where people can hear it, but just like moving. Like she's almost like, like talking to something. And then, and it happens for just a split second. And then all of a sudden the book comes back up and it's almost like nothing just happened, nothing happened. And I was the only person that saw it. (laughs) Did she see you see her? I don't think so. Like it was almost like she didn't even care. She just checked out all of a sudden. Yeah. So wait,
2: what did it, can you reenact it for us? Like right now, like what did it
0: look like? Yeah, so she's just like reading the book and then she like, as the book went down, her head went down and she like came back like this and her eyes just like, just pictured like roll back in her head and she just kind of like, just was like talking. And it and it, it was like talk and then just write back. So it in a way somebody would be like, oh bro, she just yawned. It's like no, she did not. Like like I know what that yawn is. I don't, like, I don't <laughs> yawn like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> shoot. I don't I don't I don't yawn like that. And so I just I was so weirded out by it. So what that. are you going through at that time? I, I'm saying that there's something wrong. There's there's got to be something wrong. What did you feel? I felt I definitely felt paranormal, like like the, like the Something's activity up. was there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, me and my companion talked about it, but we didn't. We were trying to have faith, as missionaries do, that all things will work out. You know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just got the chills, Doug.
0: So it gets weirder though, because no, it gets weirder than this. So we had a recent convert that had joined the church. Her name is Lori, and she had joined. Like, she had a miraculous conversion. She had gotten off the drugs that she was on and just completely, like, sober, just like the best lady ever. Like, we went over all the time. She, like, provided a lot of comfort for the missionaries. And I, because we're still looking for a place for Carrie to stay. Yeah. And so I call. How Lori. long ago after is this? Uh, maybe, like, a, maybe a day or two, mm-hmm. really. So I call, I call Carrie. Excuse me. I call Lori. And I'm like, Lori, like, is it okay? We have this lady that we're teaching. And this was, by the way, this was a terrible move on my part because you're supposed to go through the bishop first before you do anything like this. So we did this without the consent of the leadership in, in the branch. And so I was just like, hey, can like, you know, we're teaching this lady, can she just come crash? You know, like, can she just have a place to stay? She's in a bad spot. And Lori was like, sure. Like she was very, she just loved helping out the missionaries so much. And she didn't know anything that was going on. I should have told her. Anyways, like, we set this thing up. So she came over with her stuff. And it took her off guard because, like, she literally brought everything she had, almost like she was moving in, Hmm. and had found, like, that one, like, spot that she'd been looking for. Like, it was just weird, dude. Anyways, like, the day that she moved in, you know, we were over there kind of helping and, like, making sure that everything was okay, you know, we tell them both like, okay, we got to get back to the apartment. Like we got to get out of here type of thing. And she understood because we had done that all the time. And so we go back and we get this call. I kid you not, man, we get this call at 1230. And I look. I looked at the phone. Missionaries never get calls at 1230. And I looked at the phone and I was like, man, like what is going on? It was, it was, uh, it was Lori. And, from her own perspective, I'll tell you kind of in her own perspective of what happened, they had talked for a while. Um, she asked if she wanted to drink and just kind of trying to make her comfortable. And then Carrie was like, okay, well like good night, you know, like I got to kind of abruptly. She's like, I got to go. Was like, It was all room. like normal conversation too and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just normal conversation. Nothing, no like weird vibes at, at the beginning. But she's like, yeah, I got to, I got to head to bed. And, you know like what the heck like she just abruptly left you know like the conversation it's almost like she had to do something and so like you know lori's like okay like i'll just i guess i'll go to bed too you know that type of thing so she went in she was getting ready to bed and um she hopped in and i think she was was just like reading or something like that and her apartment's super small right very small like it's a really almost like government size housing um and so there's really only two rooms, a bathroom and a kitchen and then like a living area. And both of the rooms are right across from mm-hmm. each other. And in her own words, she said that like all of a sudden shortly after they had left and she was in bed reading, she heard like but um but um but um like almost like something some, something was skipping cuz there was like wood floor in, in there. And so just but um but um but um and like then she so she picked that up and she was just like, "What is going on over there?" You know, like what, is she like dancing? You know, and then she like kind of heard like voices, like a voice, and it was Carrie, like almost doing like a little jingle, like you would think it was like a jingle, like a little song, kind of like a you know how like nursery rhymes go, mm-hmm. like the weird, scary, just a thing. rhythmic. It was, it was a, a cadence. Rith- it. Yeah. it was like a rhythmic na, na, na. thing, and so she kind of gets the guts. She's like, I got to stop whatever's going on. I got to bust in this room. And when she went in, she busted through the door. There were cards set out in a specific way on the floor. And she caught her like skipping around in a circle, these cards. And when she, when, when Carrie like made eye contact with Lori, like she just stopped like dead in her tracks. And she's like, Oh, Oh, I like kind of, she're kind of trying to play it off like nothing had happened. And she's like, get the, get the heck out of my house. Like, like, what are you doing? And like, no words for like, she, there was no words to describe what she was doing. Um, Maybe just like, oh no, please don't, please don't make me leave again. And she kicked her the, like, cause she was kind of a tough lady. And she's like, get the heck out of my house. And so she gets out of there and that's when the call came to us after we go out, we go over, she wants us to bless the house, something we do as missionaries to kind of like, it's like a cleansing or a saging, right. Just to clear it all out. Yep. And so we, you know, we bless the house and could you feel weirdness? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was the same thing that I had felt from really this, the first time that I had like had that, you know, at the book of Mormon reading it was the same thing. And, uh, it, it, it was, it was so bad. And then the crazy part about it is the Bishop found out obviously, you know, and was ticked at me. Um, But was even more ticked that like she was put in a situation like that, like ticked at Carrie, you know, because they had talked um, a little bit and uh, she came to church two or three times after that, like, like she wouldn't leave the area and everybody knew what had happened, but she wouldn't leave. And then finally, she did leave, but (laughs) she, she was there for a while after that.
3: Hmm. Do you know if she had like any friends,
0: like anybody like fellowship her? She, the main, the main fellowship was because after that had happened, she went back to Lori's house. (gasps) Like she would stop. She wouldn't like stop coming over to Lori's house to try and befriend her, to try and say that nothing was happening. That type of thing. Mm. And so, you know, it it, take a, it took a few times for the members to kind of like, you know how the Southern members are with well they, it. They'll like get their guns out, man. They're the guns are blazing. They'll, they'll tell you to get, a, get out of town type of thing. It took a few of the members saying like, we don't want, like we can't have you here anymore. Like trying to protect Lori. So. Okay. So they were playing cards on the ground. Playing cards, like specifically arranged in a certain way. And I don't think if she, I don't think she felt com- totally comfortable telling us, like <gasps> you, you got the feeling Lori didn't tell you the anything. full wh- of what had happened, oh, the full thing, and she she did not feel comfortable telling us exact details of what happened. Oh. So like I mean that leaves you on your seat. Maybe I should like call her and see if she'll really like tell me the full I the mean, full details. If and, she's
2: comfortable, yeah, give her a call sometime and let us but know. But
0: it, it, it was even just the fact that like. She literally and she swore on her life that she heard like skipping and chanting and stuff and just that that type of stuff is like, shh. what else are you? What else would you be doing? Dude,
2: even if you're not like conjuring something, it's like, don't do that at my house, bro. <laughs> no. I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to mess with that. We just
0: met,
3: yeah. yeah like, what are you doing? You lived so. one of like my uh, before that even happened. You lived one of my irrational fears of being in a room full of people and being like the only one to see some witness something. something and
0: like being terrified, but nobody can relate with you. It's like, you just left like wondering. Yeah. Just only you. And that happens to me all the time. <laughs> like, it seems like I'm the one that's left wondering what happened with a lot of stuff. So, Oh yeah. Freak dude. Yeah. Weird. Unexplainable. Carrie, like hopefully
2: that. you're doing fine out there. Yeah, I know. Wherever, wherever she is, man, that's, that gives me
0: the, maybe she'll show up at my ward one of these days.
2: That kind of reminds me, remember, uh, that story I told where that person was on a ghost tour and they hear this noise and they're looking around the room trying to find the noise. And as they like scan the room, they look in the back corner and there's a woman staring at them and they make eye contact and the lady just goes and like points to her ear saying like, you hear that too. And he, yeah, you know what I mean? But it's just like that, that feeling of like you being in a crowded room and like experiencing someone, no one else is. Oh Yeah. I have a really quick story. Go for it. So I have a buddy who served his mission in Texas and he was out walking around and he contacted this guy who was super nice and they were chatting and he's like, yeah, I actually live super close. Do you guys want to come over? You can like share whatever you, whatever it is you guys do. You guys can come teach a lesson, come over. And they're like, okay. They walk in this guy's house and it's super dark inside. Oh, no. Like all the windows are covered and it's kind of like a, it's kind of a gross house. Yeah. You know? Weird, weird vibe. And he said the guy was just so nice. Got him something to drink. Sat him down in the living room. And there's paintings all over the walls. And they look like kid paintings almost. So they're like, do you have any kids? Like anything? And he's like, no. And they're like, oh, well, like who's the artist? Like who did all these paintings? And he just kind of, he's like holding a glass. And he was like doing something. And he stops. And he's like, that's John. John does the paintings but I don't want to talk about John and the vibe in the room just changes. And they're like, okay. Yeah. Like we don't have to talk about John. No worries. Um, anyway, like how are you doing? But the guy like was visibly upset and he goes one minute, I need to go grab something. So they see him walk down a hall (laughs) and he gets down the hall and his backs to him and he's like looking down and he goes, who's in the house in a very different voice. And he, he answers, um, it's just some people I met outside, but don't worry. And then he switches voices again and goes, you brought people into our home. And he goes, John, I I promise they're good guys. And both the missionaries are sitting there watching this happen. And then he starts talking in like a kid voice and and the kids like, Like, let him play. Let him stay here. Let him come. They both just stand up and run out of the house. And they hear him, like, yelling after them. Guys, this is before the movie, uh, what's the movie? Switch or whatever? Oh, what is it called? Uh, Split. This is way before Split. This is, like, 12 years ago. And my friend who went through that said it was the most terrifying thing he's ever experienced. He, like, watched this big grown man talk in, like, three different voices. I don't know. Just super quick. Some of the, yeah, you get into some of the craziest situations where you're just going into strangers houses and you're like, all right, like yeah, you're kind of at that. the mercy of them and what they're going on or going through at the time. But
0: yeah,
3: I got a, I got a quick one uh, from the mission as well. And this is one that I, I actually have never told before. What? Yeah. And it, I didn't think about it for a long time until today. I was talking about it at work with somebody and it, It plays in perfectly with going into a stranger's home. But I was pretty young in the mission. Uh, I was 18, and we were, like, in the mountains. This is in the Philippines. And this, it's like a compound in Cebuano or Tagalog. They call it a barangay. So in this, like, barangay, this area, very, very poor. Poverty is flourishing. And uh, we... We're meeting with this young family. They were maybe in their late 20s. And they had, I can't remember if it was one or two kids. Uh, but they had children. And I was new to the area. And the previous missionaries have met with them a couple times before. So this is like a return, a return appointment. And we have to hike up this huge hill. And we get there and it's so hot. super humid. We get to the house. And the whole hill is like covered in just like trees and brush and it's super green. And in the middle of all that is the house and it's like all made of bamboo, like bamboo slats mm-hmm. on st- like bamboo stilts. Mm-hmm. And you walk up the stairs and it's like bamboo flooring and it was dark inside. It was the middle of the day, but cause there's no electricity in the house. It was just dark inside and we sit down and The father, he didn't know me. So this was the first time meeting me and he seems a little apprehensive of me. Um, But we're sitting down and we're talking to them in Cebuano that I don't super understand yet. And I'm just not feeling kind of like what you were saying earlier. I'm feeling like when he first got to Atlanta, just like a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a brand new country uh speaking a language i don't understand with a stranger you know and um they're talking i just don't feel good and their kid is running around naked it's like um 10 what is that it's like 10 years old yeah 10 like 18 <laughs> years old <laughs> <laughs> no no kids maybe like 2 years old but running around naked and it's just like this crazy environment and while they're talking it, it gets quiet and i hear this growl, and I didn't see any pets. I didn't see any dogs. No, I just hear this low growl, and we hear pop, like a splat. And I looked down, and the kid had pooped on the floor. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I, this is not serious. But yeah, what, I get it, <laughs> and I'm like what he just pooped on the middle floor and the dad like didn't oh it didn't face him oh and we were like uh are we gonna do something about this <laughs> and he walks up to it with his bare foot <gasps> and steps on it so <gasps> it goes through like the bamboo slats the flooring no <laughs> and then grabs a cup of water and like yeah, washes, it, washes the it. off between his toes but uh, oh. so you dust your f- shoes off yeah. to that house, <laughs> yeah. So, talk about a uh, truly terrifying experiences on the mission.
2: <laughs> yeah, you meet all different kinds of people on the mission. <laughs> Frick, dude, that is wild. That's wild, dude. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> we appreciate man. it. For uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this short episode. We're trying to catch up for those couple weeks we missed, and we appreciate all of you, everyone out there who's listening, who's commenting. Uh, it means the world. So we really appreciate it.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much. And for your patience again, just the past couple of weeks have been kind of crazy for us, but we're trying to make up for it. So
2: yeah. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. And for everyone out there, bye, love you, be safe.
3: Trust your gut, watch your back. Do you want
2: to say
0: anything? Uh, In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, lock your doors. Hey, you know. <laughs> your bathroom doors. Smart. <laughs> All right. Bye. submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written
1: submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.